Blog Talk Radio. Here we go. How come it's not playing? Oh, hang on. Where's the audio? Did I silence it? This is all about Let me go up here. All about wine, the talk show. Come on. Where's the mixer? Did he get the wine? Start that one. My God. It's playing. It's, oh. That around the world. (laughs) You know, we really have some neat people on the program. I I just, I love that. Take your questions and comments during the, should I restart it or is it okay? I'll just let it go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, Go ahead and pick it up right now and go. Live show go. on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash all about wine BTR. We don't have a guest today, do we? Because I didn't no. plan for one. No. Okay. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, back to the video. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash all about wine BTR. And now, all about wine is on. <laughs> Wrong. Wrong. Okay, okay. I was I was talking to some frequent listeners, uh, and uh, they said that uh, they <laughs> they said we always sit there and have a, you know that opening, and we're always saying, "Are we on? Is it working?" and stuff like that. Now it was really funny tonight because. <laughs> We're doing that again. <laughs> totally different. Uh, not seeing that browser's in the wrong window. So, um, here we are. Now we're good. All right. Now we're good. Welcome to the. Show. It is uh, live. We are live June twenty ninth. That's Thursday, seven p.m. So if you're not on that day, we're not live. But uh, please feel free to chat with us. So join us in chat. If you're watching the video and there's a chat button, you can chat with us. And. Uh, Taking your questions and comments about wine with Ron. With uh, yep. Ron. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, that was a little weak. It's <laughs> very warm outside. Very, yeah, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it's yeah, 90 degrees yeah. right now. And, yeah. you know, not, as bad as, uh, not as bad as it's been in Texas. Texas has oh, been ridiculous. I mean, oh. just even along the streets. But did I mention this last time that the heat index in Corpus Christi, Texas, got up to 125? I don't know if I mentioned that oh, last time. Oh no, no, you didn't. Just watching wow. it, like, how do you how do you function? How do you how do you be a human being in that kind of weather? It doesn't make any sense. Um, and then I go outside here, and it's uh, okay. Why is this? Why did that just play? Anyway, um, the intro is now showing. On, the, on, on, the on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. we've been on for. <sighs> no, if you're on Facebook, we're talking over this. You know, don't turn it off. Yeah. Right. Um, well, it, yesterday I played golf and uh, a rainstorm went through on the first three holes. We we got soaked on the first three holes, and hmm. then it cleared up a little bit, and the sun popped out. And, oh, my God, the humidity was like 99%. It was almost like total saturation of moisture in the air because wow. of the, the uh, you know, evaporation and all that with the sun hitting the moisture that had just fallen. And that was miserable. That yeah. humidity, I That's mean, like a, you know. You know yeah. when, you, when it happens. 
It definitely is. Yeah. And I'm sure Corpus Christi is getting that same thing, too, because it's right there on the coast. And uh, with that heat, oh, my God, that's unbearable. I saw a yeah. funny meme, uh, the guy that does the, the comments, I don't always do this, but when I do, and he says, I don't always go outside in Florida, but when I do, I turn around and go back inside. <laughs> I thought that was rather appropriate. <laughs> so, uh, but, yeah, it's nasty. And storms, too. The sea is generating some, some horrible storms. Uh, again, I was talking to people and uh, live up Pennsylvania and New Jersey and stuff like that, and one, you know, Carolinas, and just really, really heavy, strong, nasty storms going through, and uh, yeah. generated from this heat hitting cooler air, and it's causing, you know, hail and all sorts of stuff all over. So, yeah. stay safe. And we're out just there. getting started. Yeah. Our summer is just beginning. He's like, uh, you know, they just talked about the other day. We're just in it now. Yeah, Terrible. for the for the bad weather, it's just you know June is not really noted to be the bad weather month as much as July, August, and September, and so mm-hmm. you know hunker yeah. down, stay home. And Texas, uh, another thing too, they're saying around what was it around Houston, the the power grid is being so overtaxed that uh, uh, they're trying you know telling people to ration it and anything you can and all that, so they won't have to do brownouts. Yeah, wow. Yep. Tough uh, stuff out there. Tough. Be be yes. safe. All of you out there, just mm-hmm. be safe. Um. So here we are. Here we are. <laughs> okay. Let me let me tell you what's coming up here. Today is National Bacon Burnt Ends Day. Oh my gosh, that sounds so good. National Bacon Burnt Ends Day. Open up a. a, a Sauvignon Blanc or Gewürztraminer with your bacon burnt ends. I think that'd be a nice, refreshing balance there. Uh, tomorrow, National Corvette Day. Ooh, cool. Uh, Corvettes are, I'm seeing them all over the place now. Uh, for some reason, the new model is, people down here are getting them. Uh, Saturday, Blink-182 Day. Eh. Uh, Sunday, uh, the second, I forgot day. Okay. Um, Monday, the third, air conditioning appreciation day. There we go. We are just talking about the heat and all that. So Monday, air conditioning appreciation day. Perfect day to stay inside, enjoy the AC, and, and open up some wine. And you know, if you have an air conditioning enjoyment day or appreciation day, any wine will work for that. So... Just enjoy, and you don't have to stop at one bottle. We know that. The fourth, Independence Day, and here in America, since we have listeners all over the world, uh, Independence Day. Yes, we uh, we have a uh, the uh, actually it's arbitrary date. I don't know. I don't know if that's really you know. They're coming out with all sorts of stuff on holidays and everything now and saying that that's not really the date, this is the date and all that. So, you know, but we celebrate Independence Day on the 4th of, of July every year, and that's Tuesday. Wednesday, National Bikini Day. Hmm. 
didn't know they had a national day for them. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And then, yeah, no. um, bikini. Everybody knows the story that bikinis were named after Bikini Atoll uh, out in the Pacific. So that's where the name came from. And then the 6th of July is our next show on this National Fried Chicken Day. Oh, good. So uh, that's what's coming up on holidays, or on things. They're not really holidays this week, but things coming up happening this next week here. Uh, I used to have the wine holidays. and I don't know. I was going to transfer them from one calendar to this one, and for some reason I haven't been able to find my calendar with all the wine holidays in it. So it looks like I might have to look them all up again. What a pain that is. There's so many different sites about wine holidays, and none of them are consistent. Uh, they, they will tell you that the third Friday in Timber is uh, the uh, Cabernet Day, as an example. And then next one will say, no, it always falls on this date. And another one says, no, it's two months before. I, it's, I don't know. Who is the authority, the go-to on all these? But I haven't been able to find consistency in them at all. So I'll see what I can do. Uh, okay, let's see. What do we got here? I Labelless bottles. There, This is by uh, uh, a, a new crate brand out of Australia. Uh, crate, C-R-A-T-E. Uh, oh, dismiss. Uh, thing popped up and told me I was under uh, under fear of something here on my computer. It's been on for hours. And, uh, crate brand out of Australia. Uh, winemaker Fourth Wave Wine has came out with a labelless bottle. It comes in... Uh, What's that? A four pack? Yeah, a four pack. Uh, regular two, uh, 750 size, I believe. Let me see. Confirm that. But they have, uh, it was introduced in February in three varietals uh, McLarenville, Syrahs, Barosa's, Syrahs, and Cunawara Cabernet Sauvignon. And they said by removing the labels from the body of the wine bottle, they've eliminated paper, therefore saving trees adhesive and reducing waste and the pet from the labels liner which is made from petroleum based plastics so they have really tried to do as much as they can uh, they give the name on the capsule very small space on the capsule and that's the only thing that they have there so uh, good idea I think I mean you know the information could be on the box that you get and uh, if you know it's going to be from this certain company, then, hey, uh, if you want to find out something. In fact, the labels themselves have a QR code that you can scan and find out more information. So good for them. That's out of Australia, Crate, C-R-A-T, Crate brand. Okay, let me put that away. And... I got a bunch of tabs open here to tell you about stuff, so hopefully I'm not going to. Uh, 
I got an article to read here, and since I read it, I will share it with you. How a human smell receptor works. Excuse me. How a human cell receptor works. And it's a pretty long article, and, and there's some technical stuff that I need to look up also, but I will dig into that and tell you more about that. Okay, now we have talked about this before, and I'm going to bring it up again because it's out there and it's something we need to be aware of. And it's the spotted lanternfly, our good old friend, the spotted lanternfly. The uh, spotted lanternfly has been here for a few years, but it may have a natural predator. Everybody, you know, if I had my screen open here, I'd have people cheer. But um, it's been spreading across the United States for long time now, nearly a decade. But researchers in Delaware say they may have found a natural predator can stop the pest, although, you know, predators don't completely eliminate, I'm afraid, unless there's a lot of predators and not a lot of prey. The spotted lanternfly, as I've said before, is native to China and was first found in Pennsylvania as early as 2014. I don't know when I first came out with my report, but it it was about that time, I think. Now they are found in 13 other states, uh, mostly on the East Coast, up and down the East Coast and around. And they have been spotted as far west as Indiana and Michigan. And it, it not just grapevines, but also uh, other things that it can affect. Uh, apples, grapes uh, is what we were saying, peaches. Uh, as well as just the trees themselves. Uh, the word from everybody is when you see it, kill it, squish it, smash it. Just get rid of it any way you can. And that's great and wonderful, but you're not seeing it all the time. They hide and stuff because they don't want to be killed and smashed and all. But there is predators. There are two wasps from China that can and do eat the spotted lanternfly. Now, okay, and, and this is always something to bring in when you have an invasive species from another part of the world and you bring in a predator to try to control that invasive species from another part of the world, then that predator then becomes the invasive species. Will this predator eat good stuff, good bugs and stuff? Uh, is it serious enough that we need to be concerned about it? There's some of these spotted lanternflies are so thick that it just covers trees all over the place. But the first of these wasps is a small wasp that attacks lanternfly eggs. And then the second is another parasitic wasp, uh, which is a little larger, that attacks the younger nymphal stage after the eggs have hatched. So that gives a good place to start. And if you're going to attack bugs, that's probably the 
best way to do it. Uh, they said that the wasp pose no uh, pose a threat to species like that, uh, but they aren't wasp are a threat. But they're native to the U.S. I thought they were getting them from China. Um, they said they don't want the wasp to cause problems attacking bugs that are beneficial here. So, um, but if they're bringing them from China, I mean, if we had these wasps already here, why are they not already eating the spotted lanternfly? So we don't already have them here. They are being imported to eat the spotted lanternfly. Yeah, all right. Uh, now, there may be a couple of years before the government signs off on using these wasps, but it's going to have to be done. Government, are you listening to this show? You're going to have to sign off on this because we cannot live with the spotted lanternfly. Find out what the wasps eat besides the spotted lanternfly and if it's a lot of beneficial bugs and consider it. But the spotted lanternfly is going nuts uh, around the country. They, you, you look it up and you look at pictures and you'll see pictures of them crawling up a tree in mass uh, just almost covers the tree uh, the, the trunk so maybe these two wasps will be the savior for our problems with the spotted lanternfly we hope we hope we hope okay let's see what we got next year uh Okay, smell receptors. I just talked about. Haven't got that yet. And let's see. Okay. <laughs> I solved this. And I have to share this with you. Not a very long article. It is from Vitisphere. Vitisphere. V I T I S P H E R E. Vitisphere. I think this is out of England. Um, but says, do you want a metal for your wine? No problem. There are plenty of companies in the wine industry who can provide metal stickers. And there you go. That is one of my biggest complaints about wines getting metals, because you can always find somebody to give you a metal. Black box wine. And there's nothing wrong with black box. Don't get me wrong. I'm not criticizing black box at all, because it's, it's you know, I enjoy the Cabernet every once in a while. But black box wine has over 100 metals. <sighs> okay. That must mean they enter every single show that is out there just so they can medal. And they just give medals because they give medals. Uh, in fact, giving medals is such a money-grabbing thing that entry fees can lead to a medal. And I talked about this before, way in the past, about how you can enter wine competitions, you pay your entry fee, and you are guaranteed a medal. Okay, so that sort of waters down the medals. Now, great and wonderful for the people who do it. And there's a lot of very good competitions out there, some very big ones and very good ones. But some of them, and I've received... A, when I had the winery, received letters, and you know there would be a little small paragraph on there telling about everyone will medal. It, it might not be the 
the gold or the silver or, you know, whatever, but everyone will meddle. She can say, I have a medal. You know, it's as simple as that. Uh, a Belgian program on, uh, well, in Belgium, it, on Nest Passe des Pigeons, which for English translates to Don't Think You Can Fool Us. I like that pigeons. Um, on May the 9th, this Belgian program uh, on the RTDF channel, it enters a low-quality red wine sourced from within the European Union. And they said, quote, worse, a wine retailing for only two and a half euro brought from a Delahaye's supermarket. They entered this in the competition organized by Gilbert Gilliard magazine owned by the Vin Press Group. And they said that the bogus entry labeled as Chateau Colombier from Coach de Sombre et Mousse in the Huelan region of Belgium went on to win a gold medal and received a very flattering comment on the competition's website. Quote, smooth, nervy, rich palate with young, clean aromas offering the promise of lovely complexity, fine spices, and a touch of soot, soot, S-O-O-T, soot, dry the middle of the palate. Very interesting. End quote. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, so so this is what happened on this. And, and, you know, and blind tasting is really tough. You know, but the people who do the blind tastings really should know what they're doing. I mean, this is part of any program is you have wine setting in front of you that you have to taste and tell about and all that. And people who are good can tell you what regions they're from and not only the grape variety, but what regions they're from. And if they're really good, even tell you what years, because certain years will give you different tastes and complexities than other years. But you just get a bunch of hacks and they're doing tastings and well it says the blind tasting uh are, are the according to the rtbf was the program quote receiving a gold medal for our disgusting plunk selling for less than three euros demonstrates a lack of rigor for gilbert and gellard medals end quote honoring a fellow belgian competition rtbf claimed Obviously, there are competitions that do a good job, like the Concours Mondel de uh, Broxelet, which I'm sorry for the Belgian destruction of those words. The person behind the phony entry designed to test the limits of a competition was Belgian sommelier and critic Eric Boschman. RTBF failed to mention that the International Gilbert & Gilliard Challenge has been clearly optimized so that it does not have to comply with rules defined by French regulations. There you go. And that's another paragraph that should have been added in there. But, you know, the, the whole thing is it's uh, competitions with medals. You know, I... I, I Great for the people who enter competitions and get the medals. I'm happy for them. And when I talk to wineries, that's something I always ask. Have you medaled? And a lot of them have. 
and put them in the competitions. I was told my strawberry port would probably medal it in just about any competition I entered it in under the port category. And that's great. And the compliment from a judge that told me that was really, you know, uh, quite uplifting. But to enter into a whole bunch of competitions and stuff is just not something cost and you know you got to ship and all the stuff that's involved with it so i never did enter competitions but you know more part of those people who do and you know good for you uh but this is the problem with some of the competitions you can just get a medal okay let's see this next one here is Oh, Pierce disease, glassy winged sharpshooter. We haven't talked about that for a while, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time. I know you probably, oh, well, we know all about that. We don't need to talk anymore. But the PDGWSS, Pierce disease, glassy winged sharpshooter board, which is located in California, they do have a California PDGWSS board, and a partnership for wine grape pest solutions and they have came out with a new grant for funding for 17 research projects for the glassing sharpshooter and pierce disease a 2.7 million dollar funding grants uh which is applied over the next three years 16 projects are new and one is an expansion of a previously approved project. Plus, they have an additional 10 previously approved multi-year projects which receive continued funding for a little over a million dollars. And they also have, uh, they noted that $55 million have been invested in research for PDNGWSS since 2001. So they're not fooling around. They're uh, trying to find a stop to Pierce disease and glasswing sharpshooter. They are doing a lot of uh, oh, uh, well, well, not genetic uh, clone spicing. Uh, oh, geez, what's what's my word, Mike? You you you'll know. Um, but they're. They do a lot of that to try to uh, find ways to get the plants to be natural uh, defense against Pierce disease uh, and crossbreeding with American plants, which are already immune to it, is working except for the fact that flavors of the grapes do change. So there's that continuous... Uh... Is that grafting? Yeah, grafting. grafting? And, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of something. Another, there's another one. It's, it's genetic level, but it's not... Mm-hmm. It's not... Jeez, uh, oh, it's not genetic engineering. It's, uh, it's right at the edge of it, and I can't think of the name of it. Oh, jeez, that's terrible. Oh. I don't know. That would drive me crazy. If, if you think of it during the show, just shout it out. I don't care. You don't, you know, whatever I'm talking about, just shout it out. Um, so, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, uh, there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I kind of think. Oh, what is the name of it? CRISPR. Genetic engineering. CRISPR. What? CRISPR. Not even close to what I was thinking. CRISPR. CRISPR. CRISPR oh. is is. All the. Uh, the CRISPR genetic engineering. Right. right. Gene testing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah CRISPR. Which yeah. you know, I was you know I was off on it too, and then all of a sudden it just popped. So. Uh, CRISPR. This is uh, a lot of CRISPR uh, being done uh, to try to stop Pierce disease, also. And uh, they got nursery programs that they're checking uh, constantly that, that comes into California and shipped around the world. Uh, here's a little note here. It says from January 1st to April 30th, 2023. There were 2,996 shipments consisting of approximately 583,728 plants. And those have been checked. No regulatory actions were taken against any of the uh, ATP nurseries because they were checked and deemed clean. So that's something that's a constant thing. This is all part of the PD uh, GWSS program. So good. That's... Uh, they can get it taken care of. That's better for everyone and every everything. Finger Lakes area. Uh, we were talking about how hot it is. This is dated May the 23rd, so just a couple of weeks ago. And they had a frost uh, event. April brought uh, a stretch of... Uh, 20, 26 degrees Celsius days of full sunshine, and it caused an early bud break vines in the Finger Lakes area. And then they had a late season frost, which uh, came on the night of May 17th, which brought record breaking cold right on the grapevines. Now, the ones around the lakes there were pretty much protected because of the warmth from the water, but inland, uh, some blocks were really devastated. They said that the Cuyahoga Lake's western shores hoover around minus 1.6 to minus 1.2 degrees Celsius, which is not too bad, but uh, the Cuca. Uh, K-E-U-K-A, Cuca Lake, had minus 4.6 degrees Celsius for six hours. Now, that's under freezing for six hours. Uh, that is damaging. That will really hit the grapevines hard. And if they've already had bud break, it's just like, oh, my gosh, we are not using that vineyard at all this year because it will really knock everything off of it, and it's not going to regenerate. So it was a problem. Uh, the temperatures dropped for an hour in other areas around here. Uh, the whole New York agriculture uh, 
was affected. It wasn't just the Finger Lakes grapevines areas. The New York agriculture was affected because of the cold weather. And they have a lot more than just grapevines. I mean, you go a little bit south and you have a lot of fruit trees, all different types of fruit trees and stuff. Nothing on this report stating that those might have been damaged, but it was a possibility the ones inland and uh, lower elevations, valleys and stuff, where the cold will settle. So I uh, hope everything will work out. Uh, they're hoping that the uh, efforts at the beginning of the growing season was going to possibly give them a secondary budding and will provide some viable fruit for the 2023 vintage. Uh, it's early enough in the season, they feel that they very possibly could get a second budding, have a good, uh, a decent crop anyway, before the year is out. But cold snap across the Finger Lakes. Okay, what's this next one? Okay, oh, this next one I'm going to read before I start talking about it. I found this. It says, uh, this is the inside story of a 1.6 million euro wine heist from 2021. The headline states, in 2021, a mysterious couple sat down for dinner at the Michelin-starred Aterio in rural western Spain. When they left, 45 bottles of wine, including a priceless 1806 vintage, had vanished. So, this is a, a story about what happened there. This is 2021, so a couple years ago. Um, it's a long, long article. So, I haven't read it yet. I started reading it and I said, no, I, I got to finish this before I talk about it. But I'll see if I can't give you updates on it. Okay. On a couple of days after the frost in Finger Lakes, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, through the Farm Service Agency, has disaster assistance programs available for those who had damage because of the freeze. They said that the disaster programs have a short window to report losses, so losses, so once loss is apparent, contact them. They will help you get through this. Uh, the uh, They've helped recover from losses, including livestock and uh, honeybees and farm-raised fish programs and emergency forest programs, and they are now all offering and opening it up for the grapevines and any fruit that may have been damaged during the frost in New York, uh, Finger Lakes area. So they are getting themselves some some relief. They're, they lose half their crop. At least they will get some relief for the year. A lot of times these wineries, because they're doing research and doing all sorts of stuff, live on the edge. You miss a year of crop and it could be devastating for the business. So it's good to see that they're getting a little boost, a little hand up on that. 
Okay. Uh, where's this one? Uh, oh, here we go. The headlines, Australia joins fight to stop introduction of cancer risk wine labels. Ah, here we go again. Uh, now, I, I've talked about this before, about is wine good for you or bad for you or whatever and all this. And I basically came up with the conclusion that wine is good for you. It's in moderation, but basically wine is good for you. Well, Australia has joined a growing group of wine exporting nations concerned over a new law in Ireland that requires alcoholic drinks to be labeled with comprehensive health warnings, linking them to several fatal illnesses. Ireland, what are you doing? The move has really, really incest the trading partners around the world and the world trade organizations. Uh, the labels that uh, are required to detail, provide detailed warnings about calorie content of all booze and the risk of cancer, liver disease, and drinking while pregnant on bottled and canned alcoholic drinks. That pretty much covers everything. The warnings will only be included on products on sale in Ireland, not exports of Irish uh, whiskey, Guinness, or other alcoholic drinks. Now, uh, the plan was designed or was signed into law by the Irish Health Minister Stephen Donnelly. If you want to know his name, it will take effect May 2026, allowing for a three-year transition period. The labels, which are to be printed in red capital letters in Times New Roman font, have caused a major, major uproar in the European producers, including Italy and Spain and France and Germany. I mean, all of them are saying, what? Uh, Italian Foreign Minister uh, Antonio Tajani decried the requirement to place cancer warnings on wine bottles as an attack on the Mediterranean diet. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, it says that uh, the agricultural minister of Italy says uh, that where wine is a diet staple, and then they go, well, Ireland struggles with alcoholism. You know, they show it here, and the labels has a picture of a, a silhouette of a pregnant woman with a glass of wine and a big circle with a line through it, you know, the classic stop type thing. And the labels also need to carry drinking alcohol causes liver damage, and there is a direct link between alcohol and fatal cancers. And then there's also, you have to tell them, grams of, uh, uh, what, uh, grams of alcohol? I don't know. And then it says, visit askaboutalcohol.ie. I guess the IE is, is uh, well, that doesn't make sense. I don't know what IE stands for. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't say here. What does .ie stand for, Mike? Do you know? Um, 
I'm on the site now. Um, independently owned training organization operating since 1999, and it's um, deliver in-house and external workshops and have trained over 17,000 participants nationwide. Um, basically, there's uh, alcohol policy for bar and restaurants, hotels, events, and room service, and they are located uh, somewhere in the world. Which uh, let me see. Ireland. <laughs> IE, Ireland. Um, IE could be. Let me see. If, uh, that's what they're. That's where they're supposed to have the rules. Are the new uh, country code? It's a country code. And it doesn't say what. Uh, uh, there's information on it. You know, there's way too much here. Um. So. Huh. They operate a not the top level domains. Controlling all those places. Yeah. I don't see any trying to find the references. And it says the World Health Organization has said that there is no safe amount of alcohol consumption that does not affect health. World Health Organization says that. Now we've had reports from all these other things I keep reading on here. And now the World World Health Organization read all these other reports. And that's the part of the Irish government's rationale to require alcoholic drink producers to affix the warning labels. Because the World Health Organization said there's no safe amount of alcohol consumption that does not affect your health. But, here we go, more than 10 countries, including Britain, the United States, New Zealand, Mexico, and Cuba, have already lodged complaints with the WTO, and the move will be discussed at its next Technical Barriers to Trade Committee meeting on June 21st. It's already passed. Today's the uh, 29th, so they've already had the meeting. What is the date? Oh, this is dated June the 20th. Huh? Thirteen European Union states have raised their concerns that ruling also. Uh, <laughs> I just saw another article here. Uh, it says a related article, pregnancy. It says, can drinking small amounts of alcohol during pregnancy change a baby's face? Mm-hmm. I'll have to look at that later. Uh, ensuring that there's consistency in labeling between Australia and Ireland and other EU states is critical, says a representative from Ireland. Uh, they said that there's 20 deaths in Ireland has been linked to alcohol, and even low levels of alcohol consumption were linked to 2.4% of all cancer cases. No. Since the Irish public is overwhelmingly in favor of the measures, with a poll in the Irish Times suggesting 72% of consumers agree that it is their right to be informed and advertising about the risk that alcohol use poses to public health. Yeah, okay. That's really going to stop people. I'm, an, I'm a wine drinker. I'm going to walk over and pick up a bottle of wine. I'm going to read this label, and I'm going to say, oh, my gosh, that might give me cancer, and I'll have to set it down and go over and get a, a water. No, I don't think that's going to work that way. 
So, well, yeah, it's, uh, you know, this whole thing, what I think I'm most disappointed in this is the World Health Organization saying that no amount of alcohol is safe. That, that in itself. Let me click on this here. I want to see something here. Also um, mentioning uh, beers with that, like Guinness. Um, oh, I some Irish beers. Guinness, yeah. uh, Stout. I Irish mean, whiskey? They're going to put, yeah, they're going to put that on, on those labels, or is it just specifically wine? It sounds it's like alcoholic beverages. Alcohol. Um, Anything okay. shipped into Ireland by 2026, did I say 20? Yeah, it's going to give them three years. <laughs> shipped into mm. Ireland has to have that label what warning a- on it. And so what about Irish, uh, Irish made alcoholic beverages? They will require the warning there too, but they were not. They will not have it on any stuff shipped out of the country of Ireland. So <laughs> okay. it is contained within Ireland. You have to have these strict warnings on there. Wow. Okay. Well, well, you know, it's gonna. It, it's whenever they start playing around doing stuff like that, it's going to change the whole dynamics too of the label, because it's going to be required to be certain size, and it's going to have to be on label. So you're going to take off some of the information you normally have on the label. Are you going to make the font smaller for what you put on the label because they're requiring a certain size f- font for the warning? Uh, are you going you. to, yeah, it's, um, it, it opens up a bunch of stuff and it's, and if you're going to be shipping out of the country, which you will, I mean, Irish whiskey is not just sold in Ireland, thank God. They are going to have to switch over labels for that. And so I don't know. It's, uh. Uh, interesting thing all the way around uh, what what's going to happen with this and how it's going to be expensive and everything else. So, oh, I I don't know. Well, if I see anything else on it, I'll let you know what's happening. Uh, Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm chuckling. I'm sorry. I was quiet. I was that article says does drinking alcohol change uh, baby's face of uh, pregnant women? And uh, here is Elizabeth Elliot is professor of pediatrics at the University of Sydney, and this is from the Sydney Morning Herald. This article uh, from Sydney and an expert in fetal alcohol spectrum disorder which is FASD. She says that because little is known about the effects of small amounts of alcohol, this research is really important to show it can still have consequences. So, no, pregnant women, don't be drinking. Your baby will look different. But the point being is, different from what? And how will you ever know? You have a baby, you look at its face and say, oh, that's my baby. 
that's its face. But if mommy drank alcohol, it changed the baby's face, and you look at the face, and it's still the first time you've seen it, and it's not going to have anything to compare it to. So I just I get so frustrated with people trying to people trying to control stuff and all that. They just want to publish something. Here, there is no doubt that not drinking alcohol during pregnancy is the safest choice. Okay, so the conclusion of the authors is still true. However, it's not only true for pregnant women. It's actually true for every one of us. Alcohol is a toxic substance, and people forget that. This is from the Sydney Morning Herald, Australian newspaper. So there you go. Uh, moving on to something else here that is... A little bit less irritating. There is a average TV viewer might not know much about the world of high-end wines, but the creators of a new series called Drops of God is hopefully going to change that. This was shot across Japan, France, and Italy. And it's on a limited streaming on Apple TV Plus. And it's a trilingual, a trilingual drama cloaked in family intrigue that dwells wine industry or divulges, I'm sorry, that divulges wine industry knowledge, how to sip, smell, and begin to identify wines between scenes of love, trauma, mystery, and tension. Its two lead protagonists must complete cryptic challenges for an inheritance that includes a wine collection worth nearly $150 million. Hmm. So, this show is loosely based on the original best-selling Magna series by siblings Yuko and Shin Kibayashi which provided readers across the globe with an extensive wine education via more than 40 volumes published over a decade. 40 volumes, jeez. With far less time and a separate medium, the TV series needed to condense it for viewers. So they cut it down to eight episodes in one season. And they think it's going to be appealing to all sorts of people. Uh, and it goes on to tell you about the people and who's who wrote the show and who the actors and actresses are. I guess they call them all actors now, not actresses. Uh, and, you know, a little bit about it. But if you have Apple Plus TV, then you can check this out. Uh, I, I don't know when it's going to going to be available. It doesn't say here, but this new series is called Drops of God, and uh, eight episodes. I think I, I said something different. Eight episodes that are dropped to tell you about it. I don't have Apple TV, so I'm going to miss that. But uh, I don't know. It sounds like a sounds like a drama. Falcon Crest. Y'all remember that? That was a show based in. I think Sonoma or Napa, and it had a, a winery as a background, but it was just a, a soap opera like Dallas was years ago. So, 
In fact, that's why they made Falcon Crest, so they can compete against Dallas on another station. Okay, let's see. Uh, there we go. What is this article? Uh, oh, yeah. It's a symposium on regenerative viticulture. I haven't read this yet. I just found it. Uh, it was take, it took place over in France. And it's symposium um, uh, on regenerative. It just took place about a week ago. And this group was established in 2021. So it is a new group. It had a symposium in France that talked about regenerative uh, viticulture and what it's all about and everything. And it has a link I can watch the whole symposium. I haven't clicked on it. Like I said, I just found this. I haven't clicked on it yet. I hope it's not in a foreign language. I hope it's not in French. I don't speak French. I won't understand anything. But uh, you all know I don't speak French because you've listened to me destroying French words. Uh, but they said that uh, it's... Uh, they talk about uh, production and family-owned wineries and what it can do for your winery. And they said it hasn't caught on all over the world uh, and hardly ever caught on in some areas at all. But a symposium on regenerative viticulture. Uh, I'll find out what that's all about and I'll let you know. This next one here, and I'll probably end it with this tonight. This is out of a Decanter magazine. Decanter is a British magazine, the counterpart to uh, our Wine Spectator here in the States. Uh, Decanter, I subscribed to Decanter for quite a few years. Uh, then they got expensive to subscribe to it, and uh, I weighed that against the wine spectator and wine enthusiast, and I stayed with those two, and since they're American, more focused on American, then dropped my subscription to Decanter. But it's a good, if you if you want to know European and stuff like that, uh, it's a very good magazine for that. But uh, it says, which countries drink the most wine? World wine consumption likely dipped last year as higher prices contributed to people uncorking fewer bottles. But which country drank the most? And it says that uh, it, it has a list of the uh, top 10 countries that drink the most wine. Number 10, and it MHL. What my curious is something you can look up for me uh, as a, a a liquid amount MHL. They have things like six MHL, eight point three MHL, eight point eight. What is MHL? Uh, million. Uh, if my memory uh, serves me correctly, it's um, oh no, that's totally different. <laughs> it says magnesium hydroxide. <laughs> It says my magnesium hydroxide liquid benzene unit. Um, your, your your brain is just so full you came up with the wrong stuff that time. Hey, that's and then it says convert hectoliter to liter, but it doesn't say what MH. Maybe it's um micro, million hectoliter uh, B uh, capacitance level meter MHL. Uh, 
Nope. I'm not finding anything on there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what MHL is. I, you know, not knowing, you know, being an American, not knowing metric, we have no idea. Uh, I think it might be million hectoliters. I don't know. That could be. HL sounds yeah. like hectoliter. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Next. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't doesn't say. Well, it's a uh, British magazine. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Worldwide consumption huh. dropped by one percent in 2022, though coming in at an estimated 232 million hectoliters. In quote in brackets MHL. So that's what it is. Million hectoliters. Uh, so there it is. It's in the it's in the thing. So number ten, Portugal has six MHL. Nine, Argentina at 8.3 MHL. Portugal is up 14.3% on their drinking. Next is China at 8.8. Spain at 10.3. Russia is next at 10.8. Number five, two, three, four, five, is United Kingdom at 12.8 MHL. Now, between... <laughs> United Kingdom and Russia is only like two MHL. Then four is Germany at 14.9 as opposed to 12.8 or 19.4. I read that backward. Kind of supposed to 19.4 compared to United Kingdom at 12.8. So oh boy. Then Italy at 23 MHL and France is number two. At 25.3, and number one at 34 MHL, United States. Hey, boy, we're drinkers here. Uh, the countries that drink the most wine, United States is number one, and we are substantially number one. Uh, we're up 2.8% compared to 2021 in our drinking. So, And it says that the United States accounts for 15% of the world's total wine consumption. Hmm. Good for us. Now, this next says, which country drinks the most wine per person? All right. Now, this is interesting here. Number 10, Argentina at 23.8 liters. Now, this is per person, 23.8 liters uh, yearly, obviously. Uh, Netherlands is next, 24.5. Spain, 25.3. Taiwa Czech Republic at 25.3. Australia, 26.1 liters per person. Germany, 27. Austria, 30.8. Switzerland, 35.5. Why? Italy is third, on the, uh, third from the top at 44.4 liters per person. France, 47.4 liters per person. And number one at 67.5 liters per person uh, per capita. Portugal, wow, 67.5 liters per capita. That's like, well, it is 20 liters per capita more than second place France. The United States didn't make the cut. It's at 12.6 liters per capita. And... The UK finished 
11th, just behind Argentina. UK had 23.2 liters, whereas Argentina had 23.8. So uh, UK is getting close to drinking as much as the top 10. But the United States is down well, because we have so many people here. I mean, when you start dividing it to the number of drinking age people, it will change your numbers. But Portugal, boy, you go, people. 67.5 liters per capita. Wow. Uh, overachievers there on their drinking. So the, there we go. Per capita wine consumption 20, 1924 to 2018 is down. Is down all, all over across the board. Portugal, Spain, France, and Italy. And the, it, it just consistently down over the years, all of them from 1924 to now. So, uh, there you go. We are finished with another episode. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, very good. Checking uh, the Apple TV Plus uh, listings. Uh, Drops of God, uh, first episode was uh, April 21st of this year, and oh. they showed uh, April 8th, the last episode on June the 2nd of oh, uh, this right. year. So. Recent. All right, but, so uh, it is available. Yeah. I guess it's available yeah. on, on streaming. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can go to tv.apple.com and uh, look for it, and it's uh, there's ways to watch it. Uh, there it says uh, so. Um, what else? Um, yeah. play, play free episode. I don't know what that is, but um, <laughs> We'll see here. Um, well, that trip will get like you hooked. You want to finish it, so you have to subscribe. It it doesn't look like it. it it's not like a documentary type thing. It looks more like a sitcom or a, a drama show than what I'm looking at here. But uh, I don't know. It doesn't look like uh, definitely not. I don't know. Maybe it is a reality show, but it doesn't look like it. It looks like it's you know stage acting that kind of thing scripted. Oh, like talking know. press, you know, and that's. Yeah, what yeah. my comparison is, you know, for those of you who are old enough to remember Falcon Crest on TV, mm-hmm. it was yeah. set in a winery, but it was just a, yeah. a drama. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's see. The next episode comes up on July the 6th. Wow. And so. <laughs> we won't have Mike with us on the next episode because Mike is taking a much-deserved and desired vacation. Yeah, so uh, yeah, he will be gone, which, uh, but he I've, will be here mm-hmm. this Friday for Flightline Radio. Yeah. I was thinking on doing one for Saturday morning or something uh, instead of an evening. Well, doing the evening Friday tomorrow. And then doing a morning show on Saturday, I, I don't know, just to make up for, because I'll be off of that next week, too. So. Oh, yeah, no, that's true. Well, it's just, uh, you know, well, uh, yeah, it's, it takes more than just taking a computer with you, so, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah uh, and I could, it, yeah, there's monitors and the computer itself would be a royal pain to, to transport at this point, because it's, yeah. it's not a, oh, I do have a laptop, though. Wow, I wonder. No. It's been <laughs> <laughs> but Flightline Radio, uh, tune in tomorrow night for Mike Live from 7 to 9. And at any time, you can tune in to Flightline mm-hmm. Radio and just listen to music. Turn it on the computer, mm-hmm. let it play in the background while you're doing all of your other stuff. And uh, 
And in fact, I, I usually I do that. Yeah. I listen on the way home from uh, work, um, um, I, just to make sure one that it's still on. And no <laughs> <laughs> <The> glitches. <laughs> still there, and uh, yeah, it's been going. So um, yeah, always yeah, Friday yeah. night, I sit down and do a lot of reading after the show here, and and uh, always yeah. tune you in and let you play in the background while I'm doing it. So uh, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, yeah. So dot uh, com. You know, this stupid timer, I was watching the clock. It was almost 15 minutes behind. I wow. mean, it got really bad. I was watching it going, man, this is bad. Now it's uh, 11 seconds, looks like. There's a lot of things going on. Either they sped up the middle of the show hmm. or your timer's broke. Hmm. But see, the timer is based on the clock on my computer. It's not their clock. Oh. So I have like a, oh. I have like a clock widget. Uh, a clock widget on my desktop, which shows the current time, and that's on the output, so I can see it before it goes out, and it's in the corner. Uh, and then when I'm looking at the feedback coming back from social media, it got up to almost 15 minutes, de- you know, delayed. It must have sped up somewhere, so they're probably listening to us talking, and it just goes. And here we are now. <laughs> I have to ask. Uh, I have to yeah. ask. Uh, you know. I have people who I talk to who listen to it on Facebook, yeah, and yeah. and and we'll all have to ask them and see if they yeah. are getting any weird stuff in the middle of the show or during the show or anything. So, yeah, you could do that. I might even listen to a replay off of uh, Facebook or something to see what happens. But it got really delayed there for a bit. Um, hmm. Yeah, that is odd. Yeah. So, uh, okay, let's, uh, so everybody, uh, you know, this is a big weekend for us here, as uh, I mentioned right. at the top of the show, our July 4th weekend, uh, actually next Tuesday, uh, but a lot of businesses are actually closed for, uh, I've talked to a few of them that are closed the entire week, and uh, there are some that are closed, you know, Monday, Tuesday, uh, possibly Wednesday, uh, so it's a, it's a big thing, so, uh, especially wow. when it's in the middle of the week. But, yeah, uh, yeah no, I, I never realized that many businesses and stuff were going to be closed. Oh. Oh. So, um, so uh, the show will will go on next Thursday, July the sixth, and uh, you can uh, tune in live and uh, yeah, um, have I a great. I won't have you know, Mike as my background, you know, fact <laughs> yeah, checker, but you know, we'll, yeah. we'll still do a show next week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, y'all have a have a good vacation, good holiday, and uh, we'll see you. Be really side safe on too. Don't blow yes. off a finger or anything. Mm. No. And oh. if you're going to party, don't get behind the wheel. So that's that's, uh, right. that's what he's learning. All those Another are. thing too, yeah. the, the, the keep your pets safe. This mm. is a scary time for them mm-hmm. with all that noise going on. So if you do yeah. have pets, uh, keep them safe. Yeah. Okay, I think we yeah. covered all the bases, didn't we? Yeah. I think so. Um, yeah. We'll see you all next week. Have a good one. And be safe. See you Thanks. next week. Be safe. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Rob.
For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. I gotta drag this over to the other monitor and edit. There we go. Oh, cool. And I gotta go back to this other monitor. <laughs> Close it. And go to the green room. Green. Well, come on, go to the green room.